Hey, 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 what's up, y'all? It's your man, Uncle Dub. This is episode 97 of the Sports Wagon Podcast. I'm out on the road in the true spirit of this podcast, and we're ready to go. We got a lot to talk about in this episode. Hit me up, hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Let's start in the WNBA. The Chicago Sky win their first WNBA championship uh, on Sunday. Uh, they win three games to one. They win the series. Kalia Copper is your MVP. And look, when I first start start talking about the WNBA championship series, one of the key things I said was it was about the supporting cast. I mean, look, you know what you're going to get when you get Candace Parker. You're going to get quality play. She's not going to be the player that's going to always have the answers, but you know that she's always going to be that player that everyone's going to focus on. She's going to be you know, the, 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 the focal point of the team. But as I said, I believe it was going to be about the play of the supporting cast. And in that final game, who stepped up? Clea Copper, uh, Courtney Vandersloot, Steph Dolson. So it was a team effort. You know, as they say, teamwork definitely makes the dream work. And the dream has come alive for the Chicago Sky. James Wade becomes the third uh, black head coach uh, in the WNBA to win a, a, a title. So congratulations to him at the age of, I believe he is a 40, 45. So, I mean, he's uh, been a, a journeyman in so many ways as a player and as a coach. Um, then it's interesting. Um, <laughs> so the undefeated seems to be such a great uh, a, a source of information. And the undefeated put out some pictures, a series of pictures talking about the, uh, the, the championship win by the sky. And they said that in, in 20, let me see my dates here. In 2019, Candace Parker was voted. So this is by the WNBA players. And I had, as I had to go research this because I read it earlier this morning. And then as I'm writing the show, I'm thinking about it. And so I want to make sure I read that correctly. So in 2019, Candace Parker was voted the most overrated player in the league by WNBA players. Now, that particular season, they noted that she was benched uh, in a playoff series loss. Then in 2020, she what? She wins Defensive Player of the Year. In 2021, here we go with a title with Chicago Sky coming home to win for the city of Chicago. So, I mean, they had their uh, their uh, their parade today. I didn't get a chance to see it. I saw a few pictures on Instagram, but you know it was a party in Chicago today. So, congratulations to the Chicago Sky. I mean, just so many great stories out of this. Um, in that same picture montage, they talked about uh, Lexi Brown getting cut by Minnesota, and she ends up with Chicago. They talk about Dana Evans. I mentioned her, how she got traded from Dallas to Chicago, and here she is in her rookie season, gets a championship, plays a big role, and, and was on the all-rookie team, plays a big role in uh, the Chicago Sky winning their first title. So, I mean, so many wonderful stories. And, of course, you know, you cannot, you know, I mean, the biggest story of all is Candace Parker, just this homecoming story and doing such great things. I mean, I, I just really don't understand. It still befuddles me how people are thinking that, you know, in 2019, you know, players, her own peers thought she was overrated. And then it still befuddles me how there are fans who think that this is the end of the road for her. I mean, do you watch basketball? Are you new here? I mean, she is still on top of her game, guys. Let's let's not 
get too crazy here. Let's not talk out of turn here. Um, and I think there is more to come from Candace Parker and this team. And it's going to be interesting to see how the offseason goes. I mean, now that the, the you know the season's over, I mean, we we're, we know that, you know, Phoenix, I mean, Diana Taurasi said, you know, it just, the magic seemed to be and have lost from this team in that, in, in that, in that loss. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see um, you know what the what the postseason, what the after season, not the postseason, what the uh, off season holds for the WNBA and these teams. What moves are going to be made? Um, you know, will the sky make some moves to get better? I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, could they get any better? I mean, I mean, obviously there are probably some pieces they probably would like to have, but at the same time, too, if you keep this core together with the way they played, I mean, anything is possible for the upcoming season. Um, let's move it on over to college football. So I talked in the last show about some coaches on the hot seat. Well, the hot seat finally caught on fire or it exploded, if you will. Um, Ed Ogeron is out at LSU at the end of the season. So it is. it was reported on Sunday that he was out. Um, so as the story broke and more and more conversation came out, it was reported that Prior to the game against Florida, um, he sat with LSU officials and they talked through it and they came to a mutual parting of the ways that he would leave at the end of the season. So that opens the door for, you know, a lot of, you know, I'm sure they're somewhere. I haven't seen it yet and I didn't really look for it and I don't think I'd really have the time to talk about it tonight, but they... I'm sure there's a long list of who's possible, the uh, possible successor LSU, but let me tell you who was the biggest time waster today. And I don't know who did this, but whoever went to Clemson's football press conference and took time out of their life to ask Dabo Sweeney, was he interested in the LSU job? You just got the time waster of the award for the day. Really? You really think Dabo's leaving Clemson for LSU? Don't think so. I, I mean, if it happened, I would be the first person to be super surprised. But as I've said on the show before, the only job that Dabo is going to leave Clemson for is going to be Alabama. Get that straight. Remember, he's an Alabama guy. And if if and when Saban leaves, because again, we know it's going to happen. The question is when, and I don't think it's going to be anytime soon because Nick Saban is showing no signs of slowing down. But if you think about it, that's the only job that makes sense because it's almost like you're kind of making, at least for uh, from a standpoint of coaching pedigree, so to speak, it's like a lateral move. I mean, we're not, I'm not saying that, you know, Dabo has done what Saban has done, but he's on that track. And it would make sense for an Alabama guy to take over this position. So, I mean... Yeah, guys, come on. Let, don't be foolish. Now, I've I've on this show have had a lot of pointed words for 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 Dabo Sweeney, but in this case, I kind of got to side with him on this one. And whoever asked that question, you have to be the dumbest person on the face of the earth to ask that ridiculous question. Yeah, yeah, really. He's really going to leave his Death Valley, which he mentioned. He, you know, said, you know, I've got my own Death Valley to worry about, not the Death Valley in Baton Rouge. So whoever asked that question, uh, sorry, kill yourself because that was really dumb. Um, now, in uh, Pullman, Pullman, Washington, 
Washington State head coach Nick Rolovich and four of his assistants were fired. So if you recall, I mentioned Rolovich was in a very interesting position that there was a vaccine mandate in uh, Washington State. And I believe the deadline was today. He submitted a, uh, a exemption form and he was claiming a religious exemption. The word on the street is the reports are saying that his explanation for his religious exemption was not very well very well defined so as i'm reading about this you know after i reported about it on my last show i started doing some reading and it was reported that yeah he's claiming religious exemption so really in the world of vaccinations many places will accept either a medical exemption which makes perfect sense because if you're immunosuppressed taking a vaccine could could worsen your condition, could kill you. If you have religious exemptions, per the uh, case law that is currently out there, there is precedent for religious exemptions because that would fly in the face of what, the First Amendment, you know, the you know, your personal expression. So essentially, he's claiming that. So I go, well, what religion is he? Couldn't find anything on that. So as I'm reading more about this today, Essentially, he was kind of pulling a Kyrie Irving. He's kind of pulling together a gobbledygook of explanations that don't add up, don't make any sense. He went through the process, um, but yet he didn't get vaccinated, and he unfortunately had to be fired, him and four of his assistants. And I read that one of his assistants actually, one of his assistants, his brother, was recently fired by the Naval Academy as an assistant coach for not following their vaccine mandate. So again, this whole vaccine, you know, anti-vax sentiment is running, it runs very deep. And for me, as I think I talked about in the last show, I really don't understand this whole, well, if I have to lose my job, I'll lose my job. Now, again, I'm just going to say this, I guess, as plainly as I can, but I really don't have the complexion for that. I'm just going to leave it as I'm just going to leave it that way and you take from it what you will. But to be honest with you, I mean, I couldn't do that because again, what sense does it make to essentially get fired from a job for not getting vaccinated, then go find another job and they say, "Oh, by the way, for you to have this job, you got to get vaccinated." So you're kind of running in a ridiculous circle to make a point that really a point that really doesn't have any legs. So, um, so the Rolovich situation went down. The Cocho situation went down a lot faster than I believed that it actually would. And and again, it was kind of a shock when I read it. But I don't really think I am horribly surprised by everything that went down with that. All right. So staying with college football, we're going to run through the AP top 10. So, wow, there's a lot of big, uh, big games that happened this weekend. So I think this past week, I think was probably one of the better weeks that we've had in college football in about three weeks. Cause as I mentioned, uh, I picked 14, 13 games, 13 games this past, uh, Saturday. I'll kind of give you my record in a moment. <laughs> wow. Was it not fantastic? But your top 10, number one, Georgia still remains number one. Cincinnati moves up to number two. Oklahoma three, Alabama four, Ohio State five, Michigan six, Penn State seven, 
Oklahoma State 8th, Michigan State 9th, and Oregon is 10th. So the top 10 is shaping up nicely. We know that the college football playoff announcements will be coming up very soon. So as we know, it's typically linked with rankings and also with uh, you know, strength of schedule and other things that come into play to give us our top four teams. So that top four that we have now of uh, Georgia, Cincy, uh, Ala, uh, so Oklahoma, and Alabama, um, those are looking like it's going to be our first four for the college football playoff. So as far as my picks from last week, uh, 13 games, I was a game under uh, a game under 500. I went six and seven. So if I had to pull or replay two picks in my mind, the first one that stands out to me is Nebraska Minnesota. So I, I kind of said that to me that game was kind of even. Um, I was kind of I, I picked Nebraska, but as I was talking it through and as I looked at it later, something about that game just stuck out to me. And I said, you know, Minnesota, they, you know, they lost uh, their their number one running back. Um, I just felt like Minnesota just wasn't where they need to be. I mean, they're going, they're, they're rowing the boat in the right direction. They're just not, I just don't see the consistency. But yet, I picked Nebraska, but Nebraska still isn't quite the Nebraska that we are hoping they would be, considering they're being led by uh, one of their former stars and Scott Frost. And, and and I know Nebraska fans are, you know, really, really kind of scratching their heads. They're disappointed. Um, re- really don't know how this is going to go. I mean, I'm hoping that Scott Frost gets another shot at it. Um, I don't know what the recruiting is like. I would kind of like to get some insight on, you know, is it looking like the players are coming? Um, you know, can they get some 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 traction in the transfer portal? I mean, those are the pieces that typically turn teams around, especially more so on the recruiting side. The transfer portal, you can kind of go and pick up a skilled person or, or somebody that can kind of help shore up a position, get your depth chart in line. But it just the pieces just aren't falling in place in Lincoln, and I know that you know Nebraska fans are still very very concerned about the direction that the program is taking under their their favorite son, Scott Frost. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I got roughly, I think I'm picking about the same amount of games this week. I know I got a great number, a a nice number of games for this coming week, but I'll kind of report more so on that uh, uh, later on the week. Uh, Moving on to college basketball, your your AP men's and women's. The women's preseason rankings came out today. The men's came out yesterday. Let's run through the top 10. Unanimous, number one, Gonzaga with all 55 first place votes, followed by number two, UCLA, Kansas at third, um, Villanova fourth, Texas fifth, Michigan sixth, Purdue seventh, Baylor eighth, Duke ninth, and Kentucky tenth. So the Blue Bloods look like they're falling back in line and this is kind of the thing that people are waiting to see you know are the blue bloods back so you see duke kentucky are in the top 10 some notables north carolina is at 19th saint bonaventure the bonnies they are ranked in the top 25 preseason for the first time in over 50 years so that was the last time that they were ranked at all and the 2019 champions virginia fall at fall come in in the initial poll at number 25 on the women's side 
Number one, South Carolina. They get 14 first place votes. UConn is second with 10 first place votes. Stanford, your defending national champions, are third with 15 first place votes. Number four, Maryland. Number five, NC State. Number six, Louisville. Baylor, seventh. Uh, your eighth team, Indiana. Ninth, Iowa. And tenth is Oregon. Notables in the top 25 on the women's side. At number 17 is Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, this is their third time they are ranked in the preseason top 25. At 22 is Arizona, the surprise team of last season. Adia Barnes' squad, they made that magical run to the national championship and lost by that smallest margin. Um, in listening to Pac-12 Media Day, they're saying it's a new day in Tucson. They've got a, you know, a, a retool squad, a different squad. And it's going to be interesting to see how they approach the season. I mean, they've got a nice mix of veterans, newcomers, and transfers. This could be another magical year in Tucson. But whether it's going to the Final Four or not, I think they've got the tools to kind of push towards some stability for the future. I mean, the future could be in Tucson. There could be a lot of, and we're seeing a lot of uh, these recruits, going to Tucson and they're you know they're they're really pushing towards uh, making commitments and I think Adia Barnes got some commitments this week from the class of 20 the incoming class of 2022 um, so again um, that is you know faring well for them in in that program um, at number 24 Georgia Tech uh, sorry Virginia Tech rather this is their second time that they are ranked in the top 20, uh, the preseason top 25. Um, speaking of South Carolina, Dawn Staley, um, this week, she got a big pay raise and a contract extension, seven years, $22 million. That takes her through to the 2027, 20, 28 season. Um, she is the highest paid black coach in the sport of basketball. And both her and her boss, athletic director Ray Tanner, basically saw this as a commitment to basketball. And Dawn Staley reflected that in her statement. She said that, you know, South Carolina is showing that they are pleased with the results, that they're showing commitment to women's basketball. Ray Tanner said that, you know, he is really. Uh, thankful and pleased for the type of work that Dawn Staley has done, built the program from the ground up. I mean, a national championship. They have, uh, what, about two or three, uh, three Final Four uh, appearances, uh, several SEC, uh, I think three SEC regular season titles, six SEC tournament titles. Um, Dawn Staley is two-time Naismith, two-time National Coach of the Year. In 2020, she was the unanimous uh, Naismith Coach of the Year, and by doing that, she made history. She becomes the first person to win the Naismith Player of the Year at her time at, at our alma mater, the University of Virginia, and Naismith Coach of the Year. So Dawn Staley continues to make history, and this pay raise uh, is a reflection of the work that she has done and just the towering figure that she is in women's college basketball. And I, for one, am thankful for her work and her presence and the 
just the message that she sends. Just she wants to be that example for young girls everywhere that, uh, you know, young black girls everywhere that they can be in that position and be successful at the game of basketball. So again, uh, congratulations, congratulations to her on on that uh, on on that big contract extension. I mean, they've got a big slate uh, on their schedule, their home schedule. They're going to play UConn. They're going to play Maryland. They're going to play Stanford. They're going to have Texas A and M, who's in uh, their, who's in their conference. I mean, they've got a lot. Uh, they got a big season this year. Going to play some big games, and I think they're going to be just fine. I mean, again, another team that you expect to be in the mix at the end of the season without question. Um, let's see. What else do we have here on the agenda? Um, ah, the NBA. The NBA is back, baby. Yay, yay. Two games tonight, both on TNT, 730 the, the Nets visit the Bucks as they raise their championship banner to the rafter and begin the defense of their NBA championship. And then the nightcap at 10 p.m., the Warriors visit the L.A. Lakers. And on Wednesday, there's a full slate of 11 games. All right. So, hey, the only season we recognize here is basketball season. No, I'm kidding. I talk about it all, but that's kind of a little play on you. Zodiac lovers there. The only season we recognize is basketball season. Now, um, the big news from the NBA today, Ben Simmons. So Ben Simmons uh, got tossed out of practice by Doc Rivers, and he has been suspended one game by the 76ers. Um, In the time that he's missed preseason and workouts, he's lost roughly about a million dollars in fines. I mean, at this point, the situation has become extremely untenable for Ben Simmons and the 76ers, and the the organization has basically said that there will be no trade until such time that they can find a trade that still makes them a viable championship team. So for now, they're on the hook for you know Ben Simmons' contract. Ben Simmons is going to have to make the most of the situation. So something's got to give, whether it be he plays at some point, whether he sits out, or they make a trade. Regardless, I mean, this, I think for Philly fans, this is probably the worst distraction ever. Um, I know that they want something to happen. I mean, whether you want Simmons to play and prove that he can do better, whether you want him gone. I don't know what side of the fence you're on, but nevertheless, this situation, as I said, has just become untenable. And I mean, I don't really know what the way forward is. I would assume that the trade would be the best way forward, but you know, it's not going to happen. I mean, you know, you just don't make a trade to make a trade. You make a trade in order to make your team better. Now in making your team better, if you, you know, for lack of a better term, if you scuttle off a player that, you know, isn't doing your organization any favors or an unhappy player, then so be it. But you want to get the max out of that trade. You want to get the most bang for your buck. And until that happens, this is going to be an ongoing story, unfortunately, for Philadelphia and their fans. And it and it's and it's sad to see. I mean, you you, you hate to see it, but 
I don't know. And, and Simmons hasn't even addressed, uh, you know, any of the, you know, stuff from last playoff. I mean, it's been, uh, wow, it's it's been a little bit of time. I think uh, it, it's, you know, it's been a little time since this has happened, but yet he still has not addressed it. And, you know, and everyone who's talked about it, Joel Embiid, uh, Doc Rivers, they've all kind of had to, you know, just kind of inf- kind of make guesses on where his head is at, you know, how he's feeling about the situation. And so, you know, stay tuned because, you know, I would like to see a situation where, you know, every both parties will be happy. Um, everyone can go on and kind of think more about basketball. But again, until that time happens, this is just going to be a big distraction across the league. I mean, and, and then the question is, who's the bigger distraction? Will it be Ben Simmons or will it be Kyrie Irving? I mean, we know that, you know, Kyrie can't do anything until, you know, this vaccine situation gets solved or, you know, or I don't know whether he goes somewhere where the vaccine mandates are not as stringent. But I mean, I know that's not going to happen. So um, some storylines that are non-basketball related are really going to dominate the NBA headlines for a little bit and it's you know it, it's it's a little bit head scratching and depressing because you know basketball's back you know we, we want to see you know what's going to happen with the Nets we want to see you know how the Bucks are going to you know respond uh, in you know defending their title and of course you know we know what's happened uh, in Lakerland they've built a juggernaut and uh, right now, the betters are putting their money behind the Lakers, while many of the experts are saying that it's the Nets' turn to win a title. So, again, at the end of the day, who knows? It could be anybody, uh, for all we know, because, again, that's just how the game is played. You know, uh, injuries, chemistry, all those things are going to play a role in who's going to uh, lift the Larry O'Brien trophy uh, in summer when this thing is over. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so that is the Tuesday edition of the Sports Wagon Podcast. I really appreciate you listening. Uh, Kind of a quick uh, bounce through of some of the big headlines in sports. Um, I probably forgot something, and I always manage to remember something I forgot uh, when I get off of here and I look at my notes because now it's gotten darker than I anticipated anticipated getting and I wrote a script and I actually remembered some of it a few pieces got away from me but you got the gist of it and I hope you enjoyed it hope you're a little smarter a little more updated in what's happening in the world um want to give a shout out to uh, uh SC from studio uh 0217 oh my god I forgot the numbers here um from your podcast SC thanks for listening thanks for the uh IG messages the other night uh especially about Coach O I hadn't heard I I think I turned in early on Saturday I was very tired I watched the football most of the day and uh when I woke up and saw the message I'm going wow Coach O's out well well what a what a what a crazy world we live in but I appreciate you listening. I appreciate the messages. And I haven't forgotten about your HBCU question. And I definitely will get that answered. I have a guest that I hope to have on very soon. And we will talk about your HBCU question as far as the NFL draft is concerned. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you listening. Hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Until then, 
Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday evening. Enjoy the NBA. And we'll get back at you very, very soon for episode 98. Man, the numbers are just ticking up. Until then, you know what to do. Protect yourself. Get vaccinated. Do what you can to stay healthy. Get your flu shot. It is flu season now. Make sure you get your flu shot. Drink your water. Mind the business that pays you. Peace.